What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Tailgate Kings. I'm your host, Dr. Die, here with Chef Chad and Jason Reynolds. So, uh, so how's this week going for you guys, man? I mean, it's uh, we've we've got two games this week. We saw our lovely Drew Brees knocked out of the playoffs, um, and like so, we're obviously going to talk about these games and talk about some some of the future and whatnot. But, but what are you burning on to start off this week, Jay? I mean, what what what's really got your goat? I'm shocked that Drew Brees played the season with a torn rotator cuff and torn fascia in his foot. I was shocked when his wife uh, made that Instagram message and then quickly made her account private afterwards that he's been beat up that long. I'm a little bit shocked uh, uh, Sean Payton let him keep playing under that condition, especially into that game. Um, but mostly I'm just grateful he played for us for so long. I think, uh, I think we were really uh, blessed in so many ways on and off the field to have him. Man, you're you're right. The 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 breeze tributes are going to be um, coming out, you know, pretty soon. Especially if this is last season. We'll we'll get to that a little later in the show. Jackson, are I, you burning on anything today? Well, I, just a just a quick retort to Jay's point. Uh, you know, because the the longest pass play of the season for them was last weekend, and that was that little trick play that Jameis threw down the field. You know. It begs the question, is is Peyton more interested in, in losing with his boy or winning with somebody else? And it just kind of, with all of that brought to light, kind of makes you wonder. As far as the burning aspect for me this morning, it's watching all of these coaches again, uh, you know, and I'm not, I'm not sure which of these jobs any of, uh, any of these guys, you know, be enemy would if be enemy would want any of these jobs but here he is again because of the situation he's in as a part of such a successful organization and Andy Reid's uh brilliance here he is kind of on the outside looking in and and, and almost to the point where he's going to be forced into a situation where his only choice is Houston and who knows if anybody really wants that job so that you know and, and we we can we can discuss the racial element of the hiring of some of these guys, and if you have to be, uh, you know, within a three degree separation of of Sean McVay to get a head coaching job anymore in the NFL. But you know, how fair is this to be enemy? That kind of chaps my ass a little. <laughs> well, obviously, Chad, you're burning on that, and and in that same respect, man, going off both of you guys. Um, I, I'm burning on a Saint slash Lions situation that all involves head coaching, man. I I just feel like the Lions keep keep screwing it up. But uh, don't say but, that, Matt. They'll bite your kneecap off. Yeah. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, look, I, I'd love to be surprised. He has three. He was talking about biting three kneecaps. Oh my gosh. Uh, I'm just I'm just waiting, man. I'm waiting to be surprised, man. Maybe maybe it's the shocker hire of the season. I don't know. Lions can't do anything. Your right mind was like a Monty Python uh, skit. I'll bite your knee off <laughs> and your other knee and your other knee. <laughs> I know you're a Michigan guy, but do you really have any Lions allegiance, Di? I mean, uh, I mean, uh, I mean, kinda. It's like one of those teams I divorced myself from really, really early in life. But my little brother still pulls for him, so I guess. You know, my father still pulls for them, you know, so, uh, but no, I divorced myself very early in life from the Lions. You know, I decided I was going to, I was going to forge my own path and, and, and tro- join my own uh, Mercurial team in the Titans. So uh, that's, that, that's where I roll. Uh, All right. <laughs> oh, Lions. But no, can't do anything right. Hire the coach, then the GM. I thought they were supposed to do it the other way around. All right. Uh, Moving on. Look, so I'm sure we'll get to some of these other topics later in the show, but first let's, let's look at the NFL matchups this weekend. Cause Man, we got some doozies, guys. I mean, you really—if you're the NFL—you couldn't have scripted probably a better 
two championship games for this Sunday. And, and if, if you know the show, you know that this is my favorite weekend. I, I tend to like this weekend more than Super Bowl weekend. First, we've got, uh, first we got the Bucks at the pack. We've got Brady at Rodgers, you know, the, 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 the two, you know, arguably, you know, the GOAT and the one guy maybe the size Mahomes right now that anybody else thinks could be the GOAT in, in Rodgers, the MVP this season. Uh, you know, but last week, Chad, last week we saw the pack really got it done on the ground, man, with that three-headed backfield, you know, Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, and, uh, and, and uh, A.J. Dillon. All three of them seem to get it done, 188 yards on the ground. How important is the rush game really for both teams, but more for the pack in this game, Chad? Yeah, I think it's huge. You know, it sets up what Aaron has to offer in terms of the play action and, and keeping those those uh, linebackers uh, honest because those linebackers played fantastically last week. Um, they've, they've done very well. I, I, if I'm not mistaken, they were number one overall against the rush this season. That that defensive backfield has been young and somewhat unproven. They had a great game against the Saints coming up huge. I don't know whether or not that was due to Drew's injury or their ability. I think probably a combination thereof. But you're going to have to keep them honest. You're going to have to keep those linebackers um, pursuing the, the line with that rush so you can buy some time with that play action. And I think that's, you know – a-Rod is a gifted play-action passer. So you're going to have to get a lot from those three guys. And you're going to have to hope that, um, you know, somebody other than, than your, your big guy, um, Devontae, is going to find a way to make some noise. Tanya and maybe Lazard, Valdez Scantling, one of these guys is going to have to have a day. And, and you're going to have to get probably more than you bargained for from Aaron Jones. And, and that's going to be their formula because that defense does have some momentum now after that performance last week. So the rush is going to be large. I think they're going to have to balance the game plan and, and they're going to have to hope that this isn't the week that Bakhtiari's injury comes to bite them. All right. Jason, what we, we, like I said, we talked about this defense here for the Bucks, man. They, they basically dominated the Packers in that week six matchup. And just last week, they turned the Saints over three times, albeit, you know, we can talk about, you know, Drew Brees' injury and, and three interceptions and whatnot. Um, but really, you know, that, that turnover, you could argue, on Jared Cook in that game uh, really changed the game flow for the Saints in, uh, against the Bucks. So how big is this Bucks D going to be in, in, in taking on the Packers this week, or, or, or do I have it wrong? Well, it has to be big. And the game plan is already set. You you saw the Buccaneers do what they wanted to against the Packers when they played earlier this season. Now, that game was in Tampa Bay, so so they had some home court there. But look, this is a team that didn't have Leonard Fournette playing that day. Uh, Ronald Jones alone, Ronald Jones Jr. alone, went for 113 yards on, on 20 carries, right? Like like Brady barely played. I think he threw, he threw for less than 200 yards, right? <laughs> like they had a plan to stop the Packers, and it worked. And, you know, people talk about the name brands. They know on this Packers defense, they talk about Jason Pierre-Paul. They talk about Indominus Sue. But look at what Devin White did last week against the Saints. And look what he did the last time he played the Packers. Last time he played them, he had nine tackles in the sack. Nine tackles, right? Right, they, right. They got Rodgers down three times and they picked him twice. They're looking to repeat that. And I expect him to go in with the two-headed monster again. I think Tampa's rush game versus Green Bay's defense is really the story here. 
Last time Tampa beat them on the ground with Ronald Jones. And now Jones is there and you have a very suddenly good looking Leonard Fournette, like looks like an LSU tiger again, right? I, I think this is leaning towards the Bucs. They did it before and now they have even more tools to do it again. It's, it's kind of funny, isn't it? That in a game of two Hall of Fame GOAT quarterbacks, we're talking about the rush being uh, the most important element. Chad, how, how big is this game for, uh, for Aaron Rodgers' legacy? Like, if, if Brady loses, we're going to shrug our shoulders. He's got six rings. But Rodgers, how big is this game for Rodgers' legacy to get to another Super Bowl, Chad? I think it's pretty solidified, really, in honesty. You know, he's been on teams that haven't had the weaponry for him to perform or, or be um, evaluated as – or at least be fairly evaluated in terms of giving his team a chance. I mean, how much more can you expect from a guy? You know, you, you, I don't know that his legacy is in jeopardy here. I think it certainly puts him in that, that other stratosphere with the second Super Bowl, uh, at least a chance to play in another Super Bowl, I think. So, um, you know, for me, when you, it's an eye test thing. When you watch the guy, you you realize what he does and who he is and the skill level and how much he raises his team's opportunity to win on a week to week basis. So I, I don't, you know, again, it's an organizational thing and it's, it's so often um, about just the quarterback, but you know, I, to me, I don't think whether he wins or loses, we all wanted to see the Battle of the Bay on the tundra, you know. <laughs> so we're getting what we wanted. But to me, win or lose, Aaron Rodgers' place in history is solidified pretty, pretty firmly. Jay, any, any legacy on the line here for Rodgers? Well, definitely. The difference between one Super Bowl and two is huge. Just ask an Eli Manning or a Ben Roethlisberger or a Peyton Manning, right? <laughs> like it, I, don't get me wrong. We all know Rodgers is a lock for the Hall of Fame. But if there's one thing people always rag on Favre about is it sure feels like he has more than just one title under his belt. Right. And I think Rodgers, especially having sat on that bench behind Favre for a few years, he has many reasons to want a second ring really badly. And I think it does influence his legacy, both in the NFL and particularly in Green Bay, which is a football lunatic town, if he has two rings instead of just one. All right, so let's give a pick here. Green Bay is a three-and-a-half-point favorite at home. Over-under is 51-and-a-half. Jay, you sounded like you were leaning Bucks earlier. Are you taking the Bucks here? I'm taking Bucks. I will take that three-and-a-half points. That makes the butt bet pretty sweet. And as we were just talking about how important rush games is, give me the under. All right, Chad, what do you got here, man? Green Bay, three-and-a-half, over-under, 51-and-a-half. I'm, I'm going with the pack at home. I think the three is um... – I think they, they win by more than that. And I, I'm, I'm going to agree with Jay here. I think it is a ball control defensive uh, game. I think it's an under. All right. I'm, I'm with you guys on the under, and I'm, I'm with Jay on taking Tampa Bay on the points, but I'm going to take Green Bay to win it all outright. I think Green Bay gets it done. I think this is an Aaron Rodgers final drive in the final seconds for that one point, two point win, maybe even just a three point win, but, uh, but, yeah, give me, give, give me the pack, but don't give me the pack to cover. All right, next up is the Bills at the Chiefs tailgate. Kings taking a look at this one. We have two of the quarterbacks of the future in Josh Allen and Patty Mahomes meeting up. Kansas City is a three-point favorite here at home, so they're just getting the home points. But, again, here I, I'm looking at the defense. I mean, just like the previous game, 
Uh, last week we saw the Bills basically shut down Lamar Jackson. You could argue that 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 pick six was the defining changing play of the game in that it was a 14-point swing and we ended up with a 14-point game. So now we've got to beat up Patty Mahomes. Can this Bills defense do it again, Chad? Yeah, they can. They, they you know, I had early on picked a Packers-Bills Super Bowl and, and I'm, I'm still now with this Mahomes injury more inclined to believe that's a reality uh, in the making. Yes, this Bills defense did a very good job of switching up looks and making things uncomfortable for everything that that Ravens offense had found success in the week prior. So um, I, I, I like their their defensive flexibility. I think that they're going to have to do some creative things as as far as how they create a running game with injury and their lack of depth at the position, they're going to have to get more out of Josh Allen as a runner, but he's proven that he can do that. And, you know, Stephon Diggs came up huge last week. I think the bills are in a, in a pretty decent spot here. You know, the concussion or nerve injury or whatever they're trying to call that, uh, you know, is obviously worrisome because he looked like he'd gotten his bell rung for sure, was noodle-legged. But the, the real injury, the, the turf toe injury, is, is concerning to me if he, you know, can get his head right. Can he get his feet right? And is he going to be as mobile in the pocket and do the things that he's able to do with his scramble ability? And will the Bills' defense be able to lock him in and, and kind of force him into being a, a – more of a pocket passer, which we know how versatile and, and incredibly gifted he is as a creative genius. Once he gets out of the pocket and moves around and shifts arm angles, if, if the Bills can, can, you know, kind of be a little bit more conservative and, and keep him in the pocket, uh, what happens? How, how much does that change what Andy Reid can do and, and how, how, much will Andy Reid flex his game plan and, and throw in wrinkles to accommodate for what his injury is going to limit him to be able to do. I think this matchup is, is very, very interesting with those injuries. Uh, you know, he, he's going to be okay. His, his head's going to be okay. But the turf toe limiting his mobility really creates a different dynamic in this game, I think. No, I'm with you 100%. That's what I was going to next. You're hitting the nail on the head. Jay, I mean, we, we sit here, we watch Patty Mahomes play, and we've seen him do super heroic things in his, in his first couple seasons in the NFL. But we've also seen him take some hits and get pretty hurt. He's looking a little banged up right now. Is this a situation, Jay, where we just expect Patty Mahomes to win? I mean, or, or, or is that putting too much on the guy? Oh, no. I don't think it's putting too much on him at all. He's proven he can come through in this situation. What makes this game interesting is that the last time the Bills played Mahomes, they did shut him down, but the Chiefs won the game because Clyde Edwards-Hilaire ran for 161 yards, right? So, so the, the issue with the Chiefs is it's kind of pick your own poison. You can shut down Mahomes, but if you do, you have to let the Chiefs run between the center, between the guards, sorry. Like, you have to let the Chiefs run between the guards if you're going to shut down Mahomes. That's just how it works, right? You, you can bottle him up. And you can cover his receivers. It is possible to do, but then you're going to let them run. And that's the challenge there. 
I think we expect Mahomes to do it. I think we do give Mahomes uh, maybe expect too much of him, uh, but we have to realize he has all these tools around. There's no reason he shouldn't shouldn't succeed. I mean, when you look at a guy like Daryl Williams, like he's basically your number three back on this team. He could be a number one back on other running te- on other teams, right? You've got Hill and Kelsey. Like the Chiefs have so many weapons, they are almost impossible to stop. I think the Bills are kind of up to the task if their defensive coordinator can mix and match. Uh, and not let the Chiefs know what they're going to do. Last time they made the decision to stop Mahomes, and the Chiefs were like, fine, we'll just run it. It's the, this makes our lives easier. It's simple. So I think the Bills' defense is really the question of this game. Um, and then the Bills' offense is kind of simple. Allen just has to do a better job. But I think the, the Josh Allen-led offense that played the Chiefs back in October is not the Josh Allen offense we see today. I think the Bills have improved, and I think the Bills are up to the challenge offensively. I think they can keep up with Mahomes. I think they can beat the KCD. I just don't know if the Bills' D can keep up with all those Kansas City weapons. Can the Chiefs win this game without Mahomes, though, Jason? If Mahomes ends up for some reason not playing or, or getting taken out in the first quarter, can, can the Chiefs win this game with, with, under Chad Henney? No, I, you know, and maybe a month ago, I would have said the opposite. I might have said they could, especially the way that they'd ran before on the Bills. But the Bills proved last week that if there's no Mahomes, they could bottle up the run. All right. All right. So let's get some picks in here. Chad, who do you got, man? Is Edward Zelaire playing? You know, uh, let's he take a look. He practiced yesterday. Yeah. It's, it's not it's, clear if he'll be able to play, but he has practiced. Okay. That's huge. That, that, that really matters because I don't think any of us have confidence in Le'Veon Bell, right? No, not no, really. I do have confidence in Williams. He, he was a guy who last year I, I thought could be MVP at <laughs> the Super Bowl. Like, they, they have backs at one, two, and three that are fine. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, Chad, how does it make you feel, man? Are you, are you, are you picking the Chiefs? Are you picking the Bills? Who do you like here in this game? Like I said, man, so three, three points and, and 54 is the over-under. This is hard. This is really hard. Because so much, so much rides on the health of, of the MVP, you know? Uh, it, it, ah, dude, press to the flame here. I'm going to pick the Bills. I, I don't know why. I just, you know, it, I don't – the injury, the, the combination of injury to Mahomes, that is – that's heavy. It, you know, um, cloudy-headed, not sure-footed. Edward Zelaya not 100%. Now, this Chiefs defense has looked a lot, lot better. And Tyron Matthew, man, you want to talk about a cat who has made himself, like, a nice little career in this league. That 100%. dude has overachieved beyond belief. So, I, you know, somehow I think this game goes under the total. And the Bills to win by, like, a last second field goal, maybe by one. That's where I'm at. All right. Hey, look, there's you, you, you could own it, Chad. You could own it. Jay, I, I'm trying to. I don't know that I do. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to convince myself, Matt. <sighs> Jason, where are you at, man? Who, who do you got here and why? Oh, I have the Bills. I, I had them at the start, our first playoff show, once the playoffs were set. I have the Bills going to the Super Bowl. It's that simple. And it's as much Bill, it's as much Chiefs as it is Bills. I think the Bills. Are, are capable of doing this. And I think it's really hard to repeat. If any team has a good chance of repeating, it's the Chiefs. But the AFC is tough. They have these injuries. I think Mahomes will be fine. I think Edwards Hilaire will be fine. I think they'll all be fine. 
but I'm probably wrong on one of those notes, right? Everybody is banged up this time of year. They already won the Super Bowl. I just feel like this is this is the Bills' time to to knock the Chiefs off. And I also feel gambling wise, you'd kind of be even if you think the Chiefs are going to win, how much do you think they're going to win by? I mean, I I think you take the Bills here to win, but even more, you, you grab those points while you can. And I'm with Chad. Both these games are going under. We everybody has really expectations for shootouts, but all we've talked about is is how rushing games define the last matchups. These two teams have played already this year, and both times they went under and they were defined by rushing. So there we go. All right, yeah. all right. Solid logic. Solid logic. Hey, look, I'm I'm with both of y'all guys, I, and I think the other thing is defense. We're talking about defense in both these games. That's why I take the under, and I'm actually with both of y'all as well. I don't know why. I asked you last week, Jay, if if uh, Josh Allen could take these Bills to the Super Bowl. And uh, boom, there it is. All right. Yeah. So let's let, let's move on to other issues in the NFL real fast. Um, first, first things first. Like I said, quick, quick, quick little takes here. Should he stay or should he go? Chad, this is kind of on, on your on your frame of mind. Eric Bieniemy, if he's offered the job in Houston, man, should he take it or not? Yes or no? Hell no. <laughs> not a snowball's chance. No. Everybody in Houston wants out. I mean, it doesn't even matter what franchise you're in. Springer leaves, Harden's out, J.J. Watt wants to leave, Deshaun Watson's leaving. I mean, it, it doesn't matter. Nobody wants to be in Houston. I don't know what's in the water in Houston, but organizationally, culturally, these teams have got to figure out how to redefine themselves. Most of all, this Texans team, I mean, it has the, the stanky, ranky, gross, rotting smell of a corpse. I wouldn't touch that organization, especially with that guy's upside and how everybody wants him. No, 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 no. Jason, what do you think, man? If you're Eric Bieniemy, do you take the job? No, and I have an interesting take on Eric Bieniemy that I just figured out in the last few days, which is I, I hadn't thought about the fact that he gets all this hype, but he doesn't call his place. He reminds me a little bit of Josh McDaniels when the Patriots were the hottest team in football for about a decade, and everybody has been like, they should hire McDaniels. They should hire McDaniels. They should hire McDaniels. And I think McDaniels should have jumped off the boat a little earlier, right? Before Brady left would have been the smart time to jump if he wanted to jump. I don't think the enemy's at that point to jump yet. I think he should buy a photocopier and keep photocopying Andy Reid's playbooks for another year or two and wait for just the right time to jump. I don't think he's ready. If he was, I think he would have went. I think he's been offered jobs and turned them down. I think that's the thing people are missing, the way McDaniels was offered jobs and quietly turned them down. Interesting. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting take. Yeah. I like that. I, I, that is a very solid angle that I hadn't even considered because who's going to, who's going to usurp Andy Reed as a play caller. I mean, Nobody. How, how so why not let stay and learn into the master, the master. I mean, McDaniels had the right move, but he should have taken that Colts job instead of backing out on them. And I get the feeling the enemy is in that same sort of position right now where he's almost ready, but he's not quite there. And if he can spend a couple more years, and maybe collect a couple more rings, how much is he going to be worth and how much more comfortable will he be? He can wait for the right opportunity instead of getting on a sinking ship in Houston. I like that. I like that a lot, actually. All right, well, let's stick in Houston then. Should he stay or should he go? Deshaun Watson to any other team. <laughs> Jason, what do you think, man? I mean, if, if the enemy's not coming, Watson really has no reason to stay in Houston, right? Should he go? Yes. Any other team? No. You got to use that veto clause sometimes. I think there's certain organizations you don't go to. But if you have an opportunity to go to either team in Florida, which both have the money and the chance to get them, and I think if not the Jags, the Dolphins might be interested, then I say yes. If it's a team like the Jets, 
who, who have proven to be a tire fire over and over again, then, then no, it's not any team. Should go, yes, but any team, no. What do you think, what do you think Chad? Should, should, does Sean Watson be done with Houston? Yes, he's got to go. I mean, but Jay's right. You can't go to just any team, and that's why he has the no trade. You can't just anybody, you know. No, you let that team negotiate a deal. They're going to not negotiate it in your best interest, obviously. You know, we've seen what's happened with DeAndre Hopkins. That trade, how that worked out, and their inability to figure out how to get back equal value. So who knows where they go? But if, if they're going to potentially give you a soft landing, like I'm hearing that the, the Niners are trying to do everything they can to position themselves – like, if he could land in San Francisco, how sweet would that be? Then he's got a real chance to be successful. No, not anywhere, but he does have to get out. That that ship has sunk. It's over. He's got to go. That's why I thought the Jets might be the place. They're going to have that San Francisco offense up there. All right. Should he stay or should he go? Wentz and the Eagles. Should Wentz leave the Eagles, Chad, then? Well, you know, it, 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 initially it was yes, but now they're hiring Reich's guy and, and – you know, I don't know enough about uh, Scoria. I can't even say his name. Um, the new, the new head coach. Uh, but I, you know, where's he gonna go? That's the real question. What? Where? Who's gonna take that disaster of a contract? And how is he gonna get out? You know, you can't have a, a quarterback controversy when you have two. You don't have any kind of thing. But I don't know. I don't know who would want him. I, I don't think he he wants to stay there. But I think now he's in a position where at least with you know the the tie to Reich and 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 that having some kind of lineage or a potential you know something to build on for him. I, I somehow now I've kind of changed tacks and, and see him staying. Jay, what do you think, man? Wentz, should he stay or should he go? And maybe even from the Eagles' perspective, Chad kind of took that from Wentz's, but do the Eagles want to keep Wentz? Yeah, the Eagles' ownership loves the guy. You know, he's become a symbol of the city. Uh, you know, there was a long, a long article, like, I mean, thousands of words in the Philadelphia Inquirer sports section about how Wentz is un, uncoachable. So I think they have a disaster on their hands. From Wentz's perspective, I think you got to stay. I don't think anybody else is going to give you that good of an opportunity from the Eagles perspective. I, I don't know what you do. Like, like maybe you get rid of them, but, but I, I think they're stuck together. It might be a bad marriage, but it's one they're stuck in. All right. May, maybe then it's like, we should ask about Jalen Hurts and what he should do with the Eagles. All right. Should he stay or should he go? Drew Brees into broadcasting life. Jay, you talked a little about, about, about all of his injuries. You don't expect him to come back next season, right? Even though he was all being fishy. No, I didn't expect him to, to come back before I learned about the rotator cuff and the fascia tears and stuff like this. There's, there's no way after the last three seasons of injuries he comes back. I don't think broadcasting, though. I think here's a guy who has a lot of money, who's done a lot of philanthropy, who's done a lot of good in communities. I think he'll have a, a quieter uh, – he'll, he'll do some PR work. He'll, he'll make some money in advertising. But I think he'll have a quieter but very rewarding life post-football. Oh, wait, doesn't – Chad, he's got an NBC contract or something, doesn't he? Oh, yeah, it's inked. He's he's already done. I mean, oh, disastrous he, call. Oh my god. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I, was, I don't I, I don't think I don't think I would do that if I were him. But 
But good for him. I'll listen and watch the train wreck. He gets he gets to talk about football once every Sunday. What what, what could be worse? I mean, come on, Chad. He, he's done, right? He, he he's oh, yeah. just teasing this whole thing at the end of the season where he's you know at the end. He's 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 done, right? Done, done, one hundred percent done. And I think his wife's tweets were kind of like the parting shot of like, yeah, you know, this is what we've been dealing with. We've we've run our race. This is the end. Just want you to know that he wouldn't have gone out like this, but, but for these things that hampered the end of how it appeared for everyone. So not excuse making necessarily per se, but no less justification for why he won't be back. So yeah, it, you know, it's over. It's time for it to be over in honesty. All right. And those are, those are, those are injuries you don't come back from at that age. Probably true, man. I mean, you can't break that many ribs and keep going at that age. I mean, you yeah, got to imagine. A rotator and a torn fascia. <laughs> these, these are, this is over. I mean, come on. Just, you know, he's not TB12. You know, he, he doesn't have the avocado toast and, uh, you know, all of it, the whole nine yards. So, it, it, it's time. He lives in the, you know, he lives in New Orleans. He's eating po'boys and fried catfish, for Christ's sake. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so – should he stay or should he go Big Ben, Jay? Last quarterback from the draft class now that Rivers is retired. Should he stay or should he go? And, and Haskins got signed by your, by your Steelers? What, what does that mean? You know, that, that's a really good question. The Haskins signing is interesting because Haskins has some of the same upside we saw in Big Ben when he first started out. But Haskins has some of the same off-field troubles as Big Ben had when he first started out. So this is a really interesting pickup. I think what it means is Big Ben may stay or go, but we'll have to wait for the draft to find out. I think if the Steelers can't nail down a QB of the future they like in the draft, you have Ben handing the ball, handing the torch to Haskins uh, for at least a season. Man, that's – I mean, I, I don't even know what to say to that. I mean, look, I, I, I can see Ben hanging him up, and I know you guys really don't have a backup on your bench between Rudolph and Dobbs, but – Haskins? Haskins? Chad, tell me, man, is, is Haskins the right move? And, and how much longer has Big Ben got left for the Steelers? Does, does uh, Haskins get Big Ben's strip club lifetime pass? <laughs> Do I think Ben should stay? Probably not. I think it's probably over. But in honesty, do I think he will? Yeah, I, I just feel like he's one of those guys who that's not how he's going to want to go out. And he's, he's going to want to push it one more year. He's always the guy who dangles, I'm quitting, I'm quitting, I'm quitting. And then he's back. And then, you know, I, nobody's more familiar in this, with this than Jay. So, I, you know, I, I defer to his logic here. But I, I just in my gut feel like that is not the way he's going to draw curtains. You know, this is the one year he won't dangle that. Because if he does, people will be like, all right, it was nice knowing you. Have a great, great retirement, <laughs> right? So he's going to be real quiet this offseason, and he's going to be waiting for that draft. I think he'll be, he'll be more nervous watching this draft than Rodgers was after Jordan Love was drafted. Because you'll know pretty quickly whether it's going to be Ben training Haskins next year and, and a, half, a handoff that could happen midseason if Ben can't keep the pace. Or, or if there's a new, new quarterback in town and Ben might be gone either way because the hit against the cap is huge. But you yeah. guys don't really you, – you, you're not a big trade 
team. You don't do those kind of things. You don't trade up and, and take guys. Do you see your team doing that, Jay? Do you see, see them making a move up to take a quarterback? Because there, are, there is some depth at quarterback in this draft, but you'd have to move up to do it, right? Oh, but they would, I think they'd have to move up to get certain quarterbacks. They might wait and see if there's one that, that they like that surprises people. They've done this at other positions, like Le'Veon Bell. They drafted him, and I was like, who? <laughs> right? And then he turned out to be a phenom. Okay. So they, they probably have some things in mind. They have moved up in the past for players that they've liked. It is very rare. They've traded for players they like. People forget Jerome Bettis was an L.A. Ram, and they traded for him because they really liked it. True. But they only make these moves every 10 or 15 years. But when they do, it's usually for a career player like a Bettis, like a Troy Polamalu, those sorts of things. So I, I think you're going to see the Steelers will either draft a QB or you're going to see Haskins as a reclamation project for at least one year to see if he can take those reins because they basically got him for free. And if you can turn it around, why not? Look, they brought in Vic as a backup quarterback. It's kind of an experiment about four years ago. And no, Vic wasn't going to take Ben's job. But that reclamation project worked out, and Vic now has, like, broadcasting jobs and stuff after all the scandal that surrounded him. So Tomlin has practiced reclamation projects before on the low key. He might, he might think he has something in Haskins if he can't get something in the draft. Yeah, oh. that, that I think is a valid point. I, I don't think Tomlin would shy away from the reclamation aspect of it. I just wonder and, – and those are good points, and you know your team better. I was just curious – I mean – are they would they because I feel like to get that next generational type quarterback they would have to make a move up maybe I'm wrong they, they are thick on defense so there are possibilities if they really wanted to to unload some of their young defensive all-stars to get any pick or any QB they wanted it's one of the reasons that if I were them I would not hesitate to talk to the Texans about Deshaun Watson honestly because the Steelers have the Steelers and the Colts both need a quarterback and both have an overwhelming amount of young defensive players that any team would want to build a defense around. So uh, if I were a GM with the Colts or the Steelers, I'd, not just the Steelers, the Colts as well, I, I'd consider talking about Watson. Man, Jay, are you, are you worried though? I mean, quarterback wasteland, we, we, we know what that's like when, when your team's just sitting there and you're waiting and it's just, you're looking like Tommy Maddox and, uh, and what slash? Oh, and we had a guy not. named Bubby Brister for a while. Oh yeah. My God. yeah, I mean, you guys, you guys, yeah. are some no, I, I, the time has come though. I, I don't mind Ben for one more year and, and, a, and a kind of handoff year where he knows if anything goes awry, number two is getting up. He wants to collect that forty million dollars. That's fine. Now, if they can draft somebody they have faith in and they want to cut him and still pay him the, the his money and have a twenty million against the cap, that's their business. I um, uh, Kevin Colbert is the GM of the Steelers. And the Steelers have been competitive for about 20 years be, because of him. I, I always defer to him. I never doubt his logic. I've learned it would not be wise. I mean, we're, we're, we're going to be in the same situation here with the Saints, you know, the, the quarterback doldrums. You know, no more Drew Brees. Is Taysom Hill the answer? Are they going with Jameis Winston next year? You know, is Deshaun Watson an option for the Saints? You know, the Saints are going to be in the same sort of situation, I think, this year. And it, it's, it's kind of scary because, like, as we talked about, Drew Brees has brought – a lot of stability to this franchise, a lot of winning ways. You know, um, there's a whole generation of Saints fans that don't know about the ain'ts and the paper bags because of what uh, Drew Brees and Sean Payton have been able to create. So I'm, I'm worried for the Saints. I'm worried for your Steelers. I'm worried for all these teams who are finally going through that quarterback transition, and you, you don't necessarily know what the answer is, you know? Throw my Niners in there, bro. I mean, come on. 
Your Niners haven't had a quarterback since since they got rid of Colin Kaepernick. All right, so moving on to the leftovers. The C block, baby. Here we go. All right, quick quick, quick answers. We're talking about a, a team that needs a major shot in the arm. Jacksonville Jaguars, we know, hired Urban Meyer. Look, what's gonna what's more likely next year? More wins for the Jags or more total years that Urban Meyer is the Jags head coach? More wins next year. This team with that young running back and that offensive line it is primed to do better than a lot of people think. They have the right coach short term. I think it works out. All right. All right. Jay's kind of optimistic on Urban Meyer getting this team turned around. And you're right. James Robinson was – He really a... won't stay long, right? He's not going to stay long, so. <laughs> does, he, does he establish the right culture before he leaves? You know, hey, if he's there three years and he gets an assistant to take over, like at, at Ohio State, you know, and Ryan Day, I'm pretty sure everybody in Jackson will be just happy. What do you think, Chad? Yeah, I'm, I'm more with Jay on this because we know he's not long for any situation. He'll find a way out. He's gifted at that. But he's also gifted as the guy who can turn stuff around and doesn't really fail often. He, he has formula. Now, does it translate to the NFL? We're going to have to see. But I think it's more likely that he has more success in the short term than it is likely that he sees a long career as a head coach with the Jaguars or in the NFL. All right. All right. Next week, man. Next week is the Pro Bowl. Um, but it's not because it's like a virtual Pro Bowl. I don't even know what they're doing for the Pro Bowl. Uh, are we going to talk about are they the playing Pro- that on Coleco? Is it I like mean, Tecmo Bowl, baby, get ready, get ready. Yeah. You, yeah. you want you want Bo Jackson? Nobody can stop him. <laughs> <laughs> he would be available. I mean, I guess this is the, I guess the one thing about the Pro Bowl this year, though, is like every Pro, Pro Bowl player is going to be a legit Pro Bowl player because usually every year we have guys opting out of the Pro Bowl, right? So we end up like with the eighth like quarterback in the AFC is like a Pro Bowl quarterback. Like, hey, I'm here. Tom didn't want to play, you know. You know, all these other guys didn't want to come down. I'm, I'm here. I'm here. You know, so what's your feeling on the Pro Bowl this year, especially given there's not going to be one, but I mean – uh, is there anything even to talk about Pro Bowl wise besides there's players? Who I think it's a great cares? opportunity for the for the NFL to get rid of the Pro Bowl and in its place start this year virtually and next year do it in reality at the location of the Super Bowl. Their own sort of end of year awards ceremony red carpet thing. Rip off the ESPYs a little bit. It would get much better ratings than a, a mediocre game of football in which guys can get injured. Uh, 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 football players like basketball players are very into fashion now. They're very into music. Make a big Super ball out of it on the Sunday night at the same location as the Super Bowl week in advance in the future. This is a great transition year if they play it right. I mean, are, are you going to watch any of these players play Madden? Anybody excited to watch NFL players play Madden? You guys? Yeah. Hell no. no. <laughs> God, are you kidding me? That's, that's ridiculous. The whole thing is ridiculous. The Pro Bowl was – I don't know what's more ridiculous, them playing Madden or them actually playing the game because the games were so terrible. It was never fun to watch. I miss no, the skills competition, though. I mean, the skills right, competition no, was fun. Do that. Do that then and have the red carpet like Jay's talking about because that would be cool. Have these guys represent, you know, themselves and, and let their – let their posses ride with them and to a, a red carpet situation. I'd be down to watch some of that and some skills challenge and, and like that kind of festival around it would be cool. But the game itself has never been good ever. Yeah, you're right. You're right. All right. So anything else on the menu guys, anything I missed this week, 
anything going on that, that's exciting that, that our listeners should know about? Jay, anything for you? No, I think we pretty much got it covered. I am just geeked up to see these championship games on Sunday. All right, Chad, what about you, man? Anything else on the menu? You guys got a, a Jackson the Kid episode coming out soon? or? Yeah, we're going to kick it off tonight. We're, uh, we got a Jackson the Kid hoops uh, episode headed your way. Uh, Casey and I will be knock, knocking that out, locking it down this evening. Um, got to say again, I mean, I, I'm inning on baseball for three straight weeks, but, you know, the hammer, the Hank, man, he passed today. Um, the model of consistency – the, the true home run king for me, always uh, a dude who, if you look at his career, there are very few players in any sport who have had a more complete resume from gold gloves, stolen bases, batting average, all-time RBI leader, and still, in my opinion, the all-time home run king. This guy had every single aspect and never hit 50 home runs in a season. One of the few rare, I mean, how can you, it's almost impossible, but he didn't, you know, just, he played a long time, but he was a guy who was the example of not just what it meant to be a ball player and overshadowed a lot by flashier players of his era but a true gentleman and, and, and a, a guy who epitomized the sport at the height of its popularity. He was, I, I think, you know, uh, overlooked as one of those five best players ever. Hard to see it happen. You know, again, we, we lose, a, we lose a legend. No, I'm with you. We, and, and just and in between those guys, in between Tommy Lasorda and Hank Aaron, we lost also a, uh, Don Sutton, a, a fantastic uh, Dodgers pitcher, you know, uh, one, 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 one of the all-time greats, you know, yeah, all-time greatest, yeah, all-time winningest pitchers for the Dodgers in the 300 club wins, you know, just rarefied air for uh, for Don Sutton. So we lost two two baseball greats in uh, Don Sutton and Hammer and Hank Aaron this week. So um, yeah, just one of those realities, man. As we get older, more of these guys are going to be uh, passing away. All right, uh, well, that was somber. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. That's sorry. all right. All right. Let's get, let's get excited though. Championship weekend. Hey, look, leave us a comment. Send us a, send us a message. What do you think? Who do you think is going to win this weekend? What do you think is going on? Hit us up at on the website www.thetailgatekings.com. Check us up on Facebook. Uh, check out Casey Jones over there on Twitch. Like I said, Jackson the Kid new basketball podcast coming out tonight. Uh, all these things and more. Get excited. We're excited. We'll be back next week where we talk about all sorts of sports awards, football awards, and the season awards, and try to avoid talking about the Pro Bowl. For the Tailgate Kings, I'm <laughs> with Chef Chad and Jason. Say goodnight, guys. Night. Later.